Put the fucking mic on. Mic is on. This is Trevor May from the Minnesota Twins, and you're listening to the End of the Bench Podcast. Welcome to episode 48 of End of the Bench. We're talking Mets manager Mickey Calloway getting involved in a scuffle. We're talking big deals in the shoe game. We got we got a good would would you uh, would you wear it, and also a new segment alert coming through dripping towards the end of the show. We're talking NBA draft recap winners and losers and some other crazy nba storylines including including nba awards and a big trade that the blazers just did with the atlanta hawks let's get right into it nba draft uh you know what let's go nba draft first then we'll do the um awards nba draft winners and losers your knicks definitely a winner I would definitely think they're a winner. I mean, they got R.J. Barrett, and then the second round, they got a forward out of Michigan, Ignas Brasdakis. I'm hyped that. for both of these two. Good draft. Two two years in a row. Give, me some, give me some info on this guy This guy from Michigan. So from Michigan, he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually the best freshman in the Big Ten this season. He works his butt off, and he's just like, he's confident. We like grinders here. New York, right. New York needs a, if you're going to come and play in New York, you got to be a grinder. Yep. And then obviously R.J. Barrett, he was considered the number one prospect going into the college season, and then he set the ACC freshman scoring record with 860 points. I love how the Knicks brought him into Madison Square Garden, and he didn't even see this coming. Nobody did. They did the, the basically uh, presentation of him on the jumbo trying to get yeah, drafted yeah. by the the PA announcer was saying it, and then he did. Then they did the starting lineup with oh, his name bro, in it. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Before we get into and let's talk about the Nets real quick when their draft picks and what and how they're they're a winner or a loser. And I want to get into something about their the players' reactions when they got drafted with their families. All right, definitely. So Nets they picked up a center Nicholas Claxton out of Georgia and guard Jalen Hands out of UCLA. Claxton he was second team All SEC last season, so that's promising. And then Hands he was a five star recruit coming out of high school, also McDonald's All American. Played at UCLA two years. Good pick. Definitely good second round pick. Do you like these two guys? I mean, are these guys going to see any kind of time with this new Nets roster? I think Claxton is kind of be plug and play, backup center right behind Jared Allen. And then Jalen Hands, the Nets guard situation right now is pretty stacked. So I think I might see him in the G League, actually. With a, a looming Kyrie Irving coming in and maybe either a Jimmy Butler or somebody. Exactly. Like, yeah, already they're stacked with guards. So you add on one or two of those guys, it's going right. to build up even more. But I think he'll. He'll probably do you know a little time in the G League, a little time in the NBA, that kind of thing. I think we got to give a winner to Maria Taylor. She did a great job yeah. making everybody cry. Yeah. Oh yeah! Talk about ratings boost. Let's bring Maria Taylor, who is I think probably one of the best in the biz at ESPN. She interviews Zion. He starts crying. His mom's there. I guess his little was that his little brother. I guess I think so. Yeah. They all start crying. Zion is. You see the tears. They're like 
gigantic drops of yeah. like just running down his face, like like uh, in Forrest Gump, fat yeah. rain. Fat. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then you had R.J. Barrett come out, come over, crying on his dad's shoulders. Oh yeah, like how, how I I was yeah, we were we were all together. I rewatched it on my phone afterwards, like on Twitter. I was getting choked up. In the moment, we were so excited. We really oh, didn't yeah. get to take. A, we didn't really like. I didn't really look into like how important that was for him. I mean, his grandfather saying you're going to be playing for them, you're going to be a big player in the NBA one day, and then the grandfather's not not there to see it. He's passed away, but you know, say oh, my grandfather's here, and then one of the guys uh, is talking about his mother who died from cancer. I'm forgetting his name, and all right, it's on the tip of your tongue, right? Yeah, I <sighs> talked about how his mother, you know, she's here with me. I don't know. I can't get the name, but no, that was but, an amazing but story. Those, but those are like, you remember we were talking about it when it was the the right before the NBA draft started. They were getting announced. They were all walking with their families on off the stage. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what are they doing with their families? Why is this such a spectacle? Like they didn't do this last year. Mm-hmm. There you go. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, let's do some other teams around the NBA. We did the two New York teams, the Pelicans. Definitely a winner. Yeah. I mean, they won the lottery. They got Zion. <laughs> That's already, already, already winner, a dub. Right? But then they followed that up. They traded the number four pick and Solomon Hill to free up cat room. They're like it, $12 million they just freed up. Yeah. And in return, they got picks number 18 and 17. They turned the number eight pick in the center, Jackson Hayes, out of Texas. Absolutely great pick. He was honestly probably a top five player in the draft. Just happens to where he slid because, you know, the other team's needs. Right. Winds up with the Pelicans. And then they went and got guard Nikhil Alexander-Walker with the 17. And they also have 11 second-round picks in the next four years. Insane. The Lakers, man, they totally... I mean, at first, the Lakers thought, like, oh, my God, we got we got the guy. Yep. But now you have no draft picks for the next, like, three, four years. You have nobody. If, you're, if your draft pick falls next year through the top eight, the Pelicans are getting that. Oh yeah, and that's another. I hope it does. I, uh, imagine that that is just a a huge boost for that squad. They got two first round picks this year. Yep. Imagine they got another first round pick next year, and say, and say like and say like they make it to like the eighth seed, right? I don't think they're gonna. They you think they're a thirty or thirty five one team next year? Definitely. Yeah, you think so? Over under thirty two and a half. Over. Okay, right there. Let's mark it yeah. down. No, I think if, especially if Pelicans can get those two first next year, that's honestly as great of a rebuild as you can get. You get Zion, two more first-rounders, and then two first-rounders the following year. Who's a, Who are the top picks for next year? Ooh, I was looking at uh, a mock draft. I can't remember. Of course, they have a mock draft already ready to go. Oh, right. But uh, LaMelo Ball was slated to go like 11 or something like that. Or 12. I think he'll keep it. Oh, so maybe he might be, uh, oh, my God. Oh my God! Imagine he drops the eight and plays with his brother next year. Oh my God, that would be sick. Ta- Balls planned coming to. Oh my God, playing together. They just oh my needs to God, get back on game dude! And, uh, Holy sheesh! Another team we'll call winners: the Bulls. They got guard Kobe White out of UNC. He fell to them like they wanted. 
They also got an athletic center in Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas in the second round. He'll fit in well with their fast style of play, a little run-and-gun offense they got going on. And they also still have 18.5 mil in cap space. So they have that 18.5 million, but who's going to want to go play in Chicago with a team that's rebuilding? I mean, are, I mean that's that's a good is question. That like, is that eighteen and a half million for for what? Like a JJ Reddick kind of player because he's a free agent. I think uh, he'll probably garner like ten, twelve mil a year. But I think just them having the cap space now initially is setting up for the years to come, where they know like we're a building team. We can go out and just get a one a bunch of one year vets. So, so the next year we have even more cap room. So their big three is marketing now. Kobe White and what Zach Levine? No, I'm sorry, Wendell Laurie. Wendell Carter. So marketing Carter and, and probably Kobe White and Levine's kind of. I mean, I think they're going to be the vet on that team. Yeah, he's a vet, but I think they're going to put. They're going to surround. Like their big three, I guess what Chicago's going to call their big three is going to be the three young guys. Definitely. Yeah. I would think Markin's a good player, man. He's a very good very player. Good player. And, very and Wendell good. Wendell Carter, was he hurt a little bit last year? I think yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I think he had some ankle problems, but he'll, you know. Athletic. He went to Duke. He'll come right back. All those Duke players will come right back and oh, play. Yeah. Let's get on to some losers. Okay. First off, we have the Suns. I don't know what the Suns were doing on draft night, dude. Ca- uh, very weird. Many ca- like decisions where I was just like, "What are you? What are you doing?" So first, they trade away T.J. Warren and the number thirty-two pick to the Pacers just for cap room. But do they expect to go grab a big name free agent? Exactly. That's what, I like. I get it. There's a lot of big name free agents out there. Chances of the Suns pulling one of them. Not great. And I don't know why you trade away TJ Warren. He's 26. He still has, I think, three years left on his deal. And he's a good player. He's a starter in the NBA. So I don't know why. So they're really shooting high for this free agency. They traded away the number six pick to the T-Wolves for Dario Saric and the 11 pick. Which, Dario Saric, he's a good player. He's a a rotation player in the NBA. With the number 11 pick, if you're trading away that six pick, you have to come in hot. They draft Cam Johnson. Good player. But risky because he was he was apparently red flagged by multiple teams for his history of injury on both hips. So this whole draft of the Suns is just I, I think it's a loser. It's a it's a risky loser draft. Yeah, and then the last loser we have here, Bull Bull, mm. dropped to f- number forty four to the Nuggets. He was a projected f- number like top five pick to start the year. That's right. I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, he has incredible upside. He's seven two plus center. He can create off the dribble. And he shot over fifty percent from three in college. I mean, he only had twenty five. Which is honestly attempts. incredible. I mean, there the, you do have the seven footers now that are shooting from three. Yeah, but he's a seven footer, and there's no weight on him. Yeah, he's which is kind of gross. Definitely, he has a seven seven wingspan. It. Also, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. His big downside is he's big man, obviously, coming off a stress fractured his foot. You, need you see that. Embiid dealing with that. He's been out what thirty games. It feels like every the last four or five seasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it, when the you know a big man gets foot problems, it's not one of those things that kind of just goes away. It usually lingers over their career. It's not even a big man. It's just in just general, a general, a basketball player needs his feet more than yeah. anything. You're landing, you're planting, you're cutting, all that. And also another downside, he can also play too much ISO ball, and there's a little bit of lack of effort. So he's on that that uh, to that Nuggets team. Where is he going? Is he, I'm sure he's going to be coming. Was he second or third like potential big man off that bench? Definitely, because already you have Jokic. You're right. not moving him, right? And then they have some other guys bounce around. They have a Plumlee in there. Um, they got Trey Lyles. So 
they got a few guys who are bouncing around. I think Bull Bull, I mean, for their pick for, at 44 for the Nuggets, that's a value pick, 100%. For Bull Bull, he's a loser because he slid that far. But yep. the Nuggets, I think that's a good pick. At second round, that 100% worth it to take a chance on talent like that. For the, for the Suns, though, it's a. Let's just go back to it real quick. The Suns. Having so much balls to trade TJ Warren, like you said, a young guy. He's not amazing, but he's got controllable years on him. Definitely. And you trade away a, a top a top ten pick. And you free up this cap space. They need their big name players all this summer, like for the next week, for the next month. Don't go and party. Don't go do your shit. Your job is to go and hang out with these big name free agents and get their ass on the pen get that pen in their hand and sign on the dotted line. That's right. With those Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Which <laughs> Phoenix Suns haven't been good since D'Antoni era. Yeah. It's a little long time, Liam. <laughs> Almost ten years, right? More. Fifteen years. Stoudemire, Marion, Nash. That was when Steve Nash is when the, when he won the MVP. Tw- yeah. Two times in a row. That was like the early 2000s, yep. late 2000s. That's crazy. That's insane. But they have a young squad. They're talented. Yeah. It's, I mean, we'll see. They got to build. Do, I mean, if they do they if they get like a Jimmy Butler, Ooh. are they a playoff team in the in the West? With Jimmy Butler, I think Devin yeah, because think about DeAndre it. DeAndre Ayton. That's a big three. DeAndre is so talented. Devin Booker's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Probably my favorite. Well, that's a, if they can get. I think what they need is one star. Was that at Booker right now? That's their a star. bigger star. Yeah, one bigger star, and then a little more depth, like two players more of depth. And I I've, think they can. They, they'll make the playoffs. 100%. You think Booker's overrated? I heard so many people. I don't think he is. Twitter, the Twitter haters yeah. saying he's so overrated. It's easy to say he's overrated because he plays a lot like Allen Iverson, where he he's a high volume shooter. No one else shoots like him on his team. That's what I'm saying. Right. So when you can point to him and you want to say, "Oh, he's he's overrated," you can just easy. It's easy. You could say he shoots way too much. So what about, what about like uh, Bradley Beal? Same same situation, basically. Same thing, but, but he's not Wall- getting as many shots. What what, what is he shooting like? Twenty two shots a game. No, definitely not. 18? I think Beal's maybe 15 at most. And what's Booker, like 25? No, oh, Book's easy over 20. Yeah. Like a mellow, right? Yeah, ex- that's what I mean. He's he's the guy on his team. So he's going to get the ball. And especially when you have two big guys and one's a guard, one's down low on the block, Book's going to get a lot more touches. But while we're talking about free agents, let's move into some notable undrafted free agents. we got two guys on here. You'll 100% everyone listening should know both of them. You have Taco Fall. Taco! Signed by the Celtics to an Exhibit 10 contract. I've actually never seen one of these before. Exhibit I had to put 10. in some work. So it's a one-year minimum deal with an option to be turned to a two-way deal. Oh, that's such a weird deal. Yeah. So that's it's, so it's all not, gar- that's guaranteed. So not, that's so not in his favor. The, the favor is like he's playing basketball next year. As of right now, he's on the NBA, but at any moment, this, the Celtics can say, all right, you're a two-way, so you have to play half the games in the G League, and then you can play half with us. Definitely weird. I th- honestly, I think it's most teams are probably looking to sign him to a two-way contract, and right. the Celtics are probably the one smart team that said, "Hey, we'll sign you to an Exhibit Ten contract, where you get the guaranteed money of the of the NBA deal, but the Celtics still have the team option to convert it to a two-way, so he can play in the G League and just you know make his game better." By far, has the weirdest 
free throw shooter, free throw for shot. Oh, I mean, I'll talk. I'll, you know, while we're talking about that, obviously he's extremely agile for a huge dude at seven seven two eighty nine eight two wingspan and two. a standing reach of ten two Taylor ten two standing reach. He's touching the rim. Yeah, he's got. He's probably a digit over the rim when he's right. just arm straight up. He must work on his free throws, like you were saying. His last year, his last season was the worst of his four in college. Free throw percentage, thirty six percent. Oh man, what was Shaq's lifetime percentage? Definitely under fifty percent, right? Honestly, I don't know because at the end, like uh, Shaq, honestly, Shaq was always flush. Oh, flush! Shaq was always clutch with his free throws. Like he hit him when they counted, which is what he always goes on record saying. Anyone that ever right. said he was a bad shooter, but he shot fifty two point seven percent career. Not as bad as Not people as bad make as you it think. Seem. Yeah, you you would think it's like a thirty six percent shooting. It's like a DeAndre Jordan. Right. From a few years past, when he that he's guy, shooting he's like thirty two percent. What is he shooting now? Like eighty percent now? Um, I don't know. I don't know eighty, but he's definitely up there. He's definitely at least at least in the sixties, seventies. Which is like it's not that's respectable in that. Yeah, movie. yeah. If you're a, if you're what's, shooting it's so eight, funny, we we, we think sixty seven percent is fine when it's when it's a free shot. There's exactly. not one person covering you. Yeah, like your Steve Nash and John Stockton and your Steph Curry's are in the ninety, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three percent. Uh, what's it? I think Ray Allen's up there too. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, right. All those big, awesome three point shooters. But yeah, his free throw shot—it just looks gross. Too. You look if you're if you're listening, go look it up. It is so bad. It's so weird. He like twists his arm <laughs> and shoots it. It's so awkward. It was funny because when I first saw it, I'm like, "That's not real. <laughs> That's not real." Because he's huge. I don't know. The next undrafted free agent we got. Brian Bowen. Is this uh, like Bruce Bowen's son or something? No. No. He, oh, you'll know for another guys. reason. Okay. He signed a two-way contract with the Pacers, so split time between the NBA and the G League. He was the 14th ranked player coming out of high school in the class of 2017. <gasps> and he was the main player. Yeah, you know now. He yes. was the main player in the Louisville Rip Patino scandal. His dad, Brian Bowen's dad, accepted $100,000 from Louisville. And then so this is Bruce obviously... Bowen's son. What? This is Bruce Bowen. No. Different Bowen. Different Bowen. Bruce Bowen is smart enough to not have to take $100,000 for his go to school. He has enough money where his kids can play. Yeah, he's got the bow tie on. Exactly. But Brian Bowen, he played in Australia last year. Right. Because the year prior, he was basically exiled from the school. Yes. Uh, he's you know, he's good size, 6'7 plus, 6'10 wingspan. He's a good floor spacer and a good cutter. And he also played with a bunch of NBA vets in the NBL. A- Andrew Bogut, uh, you know, just a ton of guys off off the cuff. Six seven six ten wingspan, good floor spacer and cutter played. Okay, so what would he? What would he would been if he did play this year? Would he been like a top ten player? I think he would have been a first round pick for sure. Probably top twenty because I mean when he was coming in, he was the fourteenth ranked, and usually that'll bounce up and down. But he's a definitely first round talent. Would you like if the Knicks got this guy? I mean, the fact that he was a fourteenth ranked player in twenty seventeen class, he can he, ball. He can ball. He can ball very well. Definitely. So uh, yeah, I mean, I would have liked the Knicks to get him, but so does like did he, I'm always confused about this. So his dad took the money. Yes. Does he still have the money? I'm assuming he spent it right when he got it, but he mm. he probably has to like he probably had to pay it back, and he was I mean, he might not have been able to, and he might be in prison now. I don't I forgot. Really know. We did that I, story. I we did that whole scandal on that, the radio show. Yeah. Back last year. Oh two yeah. Two years ago. Whatever it was. Right. All right. Let's move in. NBA Awards. NBA Awards. Did you like Shaq as the host? Yes. You did? I love Shaq. Uh, I love Shaq. 
Some of it was, I don't think so. I don't. I think it was that great. I didn't mind it, but that's like Shaq. Like sometimes it'll. I don't want to say it's not funny, but it just goes a little too far where it won't be funny. I think he was the funniest parts. He was talking about his ex-wife, which was really funny. Breaking news. Sorry to cut you off, but this is some crazy breaking news. Go ahead. Breakdancing has been added to the 2024 Olympics. Right. Let's just go right into that real quick. That is wild. How stupid is that? How dumb is that? Breakdancing, but you don't have... Oh, okay. It's not confirmed yet, but it's most likely going to be debuting in the 2024. But you don't have... You don't have wrestling in there anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. Wrestling is the oldest sport of all time. This was like gladiator days. They were wrestling. That's the oldest sport ever created. Think about it. Two people just sitting around in whatever it is, 800 B.C., they're like, oh, well, let's play a game. Let's first just cram one, onto each other and roll around the floor. First one that dies, so easy, exactly. Loses. So it's the it was the easiest first thing to come up with. And guess what? They don't do that anymore. That's messed up. But you have breakdancing. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, just no words. No, but those people are going to make money being a sponsor, <laughs> being a Nike brand ambassador. Yeah, that's true. And they're going to make you know four million dollars a year, be the cover of Nike and be in Time Magazine and. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you make your money? Oh, I was a break dancer in the you know forty years ago. Yeah, now I I live off that money still. I don't. Know, I'm, I'm gonna go off a rant because I'm not happy about that. It's <laughs> so weird. Ha- oh god. Let's get back into Shaq being yes. the host of the NBA Awards. He mentioned his ex-wife so many times. It was hysterical. <laughs> so funny. There was other times. Shaq for you. Yes. Um. There was, oh, God, his name's Jay. I forgot his last name. He's a comedian. Being, he was impersonating Shaq. Very funny. Jay, Jay Farrow or something like that. I think Jay Farrow, yeah. Yeah. Impersonating Shaq. Very funny. He That's one of his best impersonations. He does like Jay-Z and, and I think uh, Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. But um, Shaq was very funny. And that in that like skit, Barkley was doing it. Barkley was in on it. And also uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. Yes. Um, yeah, Shaq. Dancing and singing. He was like auto tuning last night. It was really funny. <laughs> he's, but a, he's a character. He's a character. But I think, you know, I think Drake, like, was it two years ago or last year? Drake last year. I think last year, yeah. He was good. I thought he was making fun of everybody. He was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, awards, though. Let's go with MVP. MVP, obviously, Honor the Kumpo from the Bucks. 27.7 points, 12.5 boards, almost six assists. He Ooh. beat Harden by 55 first place votes. Holy crap. Blew him out of the water. Was there anybody that you think got snubbed for the top three that should have been it? No. I so, so it was Giannis, Harden, and then Paul George. Was there anybody on the fringe that you should have, that maybe should have been past Paul George? Mm. Paul George Leslie led the league in steals. He was, what, 20, what, 25 points per game? Yeah. No, I don't think so. You don't he think played so? as mine this year. Yeah, he played Especially really well. Coming off, you know, the last year where he was coming back from that injury. But, like, I keep forgetting, you got like, everyone keeps forgetting, like, Westbrook and another triple double. Average triple over a season, so like that. I like that's. I feel like that's snub. Even because like even we've seen this twice already before in yeah, a row. No, that's true. It's just third year in a row. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like the first year he did it. Yes, of course. I think unanimous should have been. You should have been unanimous. Definitely. Like Curry was was like a unanimous. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think it's kind of like people are just getting used to it. Which is honestly kind of it. Kind of sucks because yeah. that was like the perfect game no hitter. It's still a. 
such a feat. Yes, that exactly. We, every time it happens, we get a, such a thrill out of it. And now we're just used to Westbrook used, putting up triple doubles. You know, getting, averaging triple doubles on a season. Yeah, getting you know forty triple doubles a season or yeah. sixty triple doubles a season. Whenever, whatever he goes, I, 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 if you tell me now, you got eighty-two. If you, if you got me, if you got sixty-five triple doubles in a season, I would have believed you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? He, he gets a ton. All right, let's move on. Rookie of the year, Luca. I really don't think anyone was shocked by this. No. Luka Doncic from the Mavs. Like, yes, Trey Young made a little bit of push towards the end of the season, but Luka was just hot second, all year. He was a second-half rookie, basically. Yeah. 21 points, 8 boards, 6 assists. He received 98 of the 100 first-place votes. You see Dirk coming in there? Yeah. In the, in the comments section? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Supporting his teammate. You gotta. Gotta. Uh, good for Luka. He Duka, played out of his mind this season. Uh, I just said Duka. I put his ball. Duka. Duka. Luka Doncic is uh, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Love his game. I saw a poll, I don't know the results were, but the poll was, who will win MVP first, Zion or Luka Dantich? Luka. Right? Not even a question. I think Luka too, because he first has had experience playing in a professional league to begin with, knows how to play in the NBA, you can see you see what he can be and see what he does. Zion, you know he's a freak athlete, you see him one year in college, but you don't know what his what he could turn out to be. That's right. Like, 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 you remember Greg Oden was supposed to be the, the next Shaq. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely de- dominated in Ohio State. He's, that's why he's the number one pick. Yeah. He's a monster. Monster. Kevin Durant, second pick. Fucked up. <laughs> Fucked up big time. Oh, yeah. All right. Defensive player of the year. Yes. Shocker. Not. Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. I mean, he averaged almost 11 rebounds a game. Seven defensive rebounds, two blocks, and .7 steals. So cool. I won two years in a row. He's nasty. So and nasty. When you're seven feet tall, like I mean, he, kinda, he is, you know, that, that's what you get. You get your two blocks a game. You get a steal. And he's just so low key about it too. Yeah, he really is. So low key. Like he's not a he's not a loud guy. Doesn't talk shit. Like Ben Wallace, that guy talks shit. Yeah. Didn't know he was undrafted. Did you know that? Ben Wallace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, what an awesome crazy, story right? that is. He's gonna be he's, he's gonna be a Hall of Fame. He's like six eight. That's why or six seven. It's undersized, just, but yeah, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He's all him. He dominated defensively. Mm-hmm. He dominated. I love it. A big afro. Awesome. Another guy, Paco, pa- Pascal Siakam, most improved. I mean, just insane how his numbers rose from last year to this season. He went up ten points a game, uh, a board and a half, and over an assist a game and a half. And a crucial part for that, play- that Raptors playoffs. Definitely. Year. I mean, he playoffs. averaged seventeen, seven, and three. And that's insane from your third guy. And I'm gonna, I'm honestly gonna remember that game one of the NBA Finals where he went off against yes. the Warriors. Oh hell yeah! They he, they won game one because of him. Oh no, not even a question. He was a monster. And six man. Oh, before we get to that, okay. Of all the, yeah, of all the, oh actually, what? I need to Google something real quick. No, I was right. Um. Out of all of the guys we just spoke about, mm-hmm. in Giannis, Luca, Rudy Gobert, and Pascal Siakam, so four fifths of the player awards, mm-hmm. they're all international. Isn't that awesome? Insane! I love it. Basketball is a global game. The growth of the NBA That's is right. unbelievable. So, no, I saw that when I, I was just doing too. some research, and I was like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. And I wanted to make sure Lou Williams wasn't sneaky from uh, anywhere international. He's from Tennessee. 
<laughs> but Lou, Six Lou, man Lou, like Lou Will. Six man of the year. I feel like he wins this every. He's. I feel like he's won this every single year for the last like ten years. Six man like Lou, like Lou Will. That's right. Drake Lear. Twenty points, five and a half assists, three boards. It's funny because like he should just start. Yeah, but I think he's the, one of those guys where like he he doesn't mind coming off the bench, and then he's that spark plug. Like off the Jamal bench. Crawford. That's right. Towards the end of his career was like. I like him off the bench. I do. I do better. I mean, didn't he, he's won a six man, doesn't he? Oh, I think he's won two or three. But also, Lou Will. Think about it. You're that. You're that good of a scorer, and you come into the game fresh, and you're going against the other team's second unit. Dominate. Exactly. That's what I mean. You're just going to dominate him. So I mean, he he probably likes dominating the second tier guys. I don't blame him. Get those buckets, and then let's move into the. Coaching and executive awards. Coach of the year, Mike Budenholzer out of the Bucks. Obviously, first place in the East. 16, 60 and 22 regular season record. I think it was no doubt. Played insane. I think it was either him or Mike Malone for uh, the Denver. Yes, definitely. Malone coached the hell out of his team this season, too. And then executive of the year, John Horst for the Bucks. He's the GM. He hired Budenholzer as the head coach. Uh, last offseason, he also added Brooke Lopez, Ursan Ur- Ilyasova, and Pat Connaughton in free agency. Traded for Nikola Miritich in uh, the season, and then he also very sneakily, I might add, extended Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. Made moves, and he got that team in the first place. Well, you're going to have a um, a lock for next year with Griffin from uh, New Orleans. Oh, it already done. It's already done. Locked in. Yeah. Locked and loaded. Unless the Lakers pull something out of their ass. Unless. They like they pull some weird they need, like, shit. Two big name free agents. Maybe signings. the Knicks. You never know if they pull some weird shit too. That's true, honestly. Because like you know, like, like the Knicks do, they pull some stuff. They get like they get Durant. I mean, not even Durant because Durant's not going to play. So they like they get like a Kyrie, Kyrie, Tobias Harris. Okay, deal right. They win. Get, four, they get both of them. Yeah, they they get both of them. They have RJ. They drafted Barrett. If they do that, and then they also make a trade at the trade deadline to bring in, like one more piece, like even like a role get, player, get like a then yes. like a like a Miritich kind of player, where it's like a nice role player, who, yeah, I can see them get that that them winning this too. Definitely, I think if you if you nail your draft, you sign a big at least one big free agent, your team has a good record, and then you. Show you're trying to make moves to win towards the end of the season. I think that's like and what's exactly, funny. Yeah, like, that's exactly what John. They, they did. didn't sign like a huge name. Like Brooke Lopez is a name. He's not a top tier player in the NBA. No, that's right. But his game has has completely changed and yes. obviously affected them because normally on a team, your center is the one who can't shoot threes, who doesn't help the spacing. The Bucks right. knew they needed to help spacing their team because Giannis doesn't shoot the three. So when you bring in a center to shoot the three, that makes Giannis the big man, essentially, and uh, opens up the whole, entire floor for him. Giannis's game has to change, though. I think and, he's got to learn to shoot threes. He's got to learn to hit threes. He's got to learn, I think, just to... I mean, what, what's what's the farthest he can shoot? 20-footers? He's got a mid-range game, but... But it's not it, a... It's not a... You know, a 40... Like, it's, not, it's not a high percentage sh- shot, though. His game is driving inside the game, hundred percent. But also remember, he's twenty four years old. Twenty four year old. He, MVP. he puts in work this season and off next off season on that three and really puts in work on it. He'll be shooting thirty eight, thirty nine percent. Here's a poll for you: Who has a better three point percentage next year, Giannis 
or Ben Simmons? Giannis. You think it's by a lot? Wait, who is a worse or better? Better. Ben Simmons. Really? Only because he'll take 10 threes and maybe he'll make two or three of them. Okay. And Giannis is going to take a lot more in volume. Probably. Probably take ben a Simmons. Ben Simmons, he, he's, he's staying in his lane, yeah. as LeVar Ball would say. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Blazers, first big trade post-draft, traded Evan Turner to the Hawks for Kent Bazemore. Obviously, Blazers, they need wing help for Damon C.J. McCollum. Bazemore, he's a good wing. He, I think he's going to start right away with the Blazers, although he is a good six-man coming off the bench. Last season, he averaged almost 12 points, four boards, and two assists in 24 minutes a game with the Hawks. He started 35 of their 67 games. Do you like this move? 100%. More than, Absolutely like, you like it. it more than Evan Turner? Which Evan Turner is like a good defensive player. He's a good defensive player. He's getting old, though. Bazemore, he's, and I'm pretty sure Turner only has one year left on his deal. Which makes sense for the Hawks because they want one-year guys that they can just get rid of once you know their young studs really start coming up, and then you know it's time to start spending that money. Vince Carter's not on the not there anymore, right? He's a, is did he sign with somewhere else? Or I believe he's, he's a free agent right now at the moment. Because you know Baysmore, I think Baysmore and Vince Carter have a podcast together. Really? For the Ringer, and they were playing on the same team last year, so they were doing the podcast together. So now Baysmore's been traded to the Blazers. That's going to be rough to do the podcast. If Carter says he's coming back for another year, I think Carter should go to the Raptors. That would be sick. Just full circle? Full circle. I don't hate that. I don't hate it either. I wish you won a title with them. Yeah, me too, honestly. God, I would love <laughs> that. Like swap Jeremy Lin out and just throw him to like Atlanta. And yeah, Vince yeah, Vince Carter yeah. should have won. Big time. Fuck Jeremy Lin. All right, let's move on. We got MLB. This is an awesome story. Uh, awesome and not awesome Because uh, you're a Yankee fan You'd think this is funny as hell Mets fans are crying in field position Because they can't take the unbelievable Stupid drama that's going on So Mets manager Ricky Callaway and Jason Vargas go Get into it with Tim Healy from Newsday Shout out Newsday <laughs> Shout out Newsday They get into it with this reporter I remember when I was I was at I don't even know where I, this was the other day right this was when was this this was last week yeah kind of like three Friday days ago. yeah maybe Friday or something Thursday or Friday okay so Callaway was uh, got in this argument about it started with the Edwin Diaz stuff where he should have taken out you know pitching with four outs or three outs or yes. whatever and and um, the GM for the Mets told me you have to do this certain way, and they got into a little argument, and the, it started going on. And then, then the then the cameras were off. Reported like the re- audio recordings were off. Supposedly there was one recording of the whole incident, but it was audio only. But it's like it's kind of like wiped out. No one can find it. I know oh, some people that listen to it. Damn. So um, in the meeting, Tim. Um, so this is a quote. Tim Healy. This where is this quote? I'm trying to read here. So there was no physical contact. It was after the the loss. Tim Healy said some really nasty things to Callaway, called him, the, I think, Titty, Titty Callaway or something like that. No way. Called him fat. That's hysterical. It was really it was really ugly. And then he kind of stormed out of the clubhouse, Callaway, in, like, I think he was, like, fully dressed or whatever. This was after, like, I think I heard some some stories that he was kind of, like, tearing up or something like that. He's wow. getting upset about it. He, and he just stormed out. And then Tim Callaway said, Tim Healy said, uh, I'll see you tomorrow, Mickey. 
and it was very like awkward shit and Vargas got into it with him. Damn, okay. So whose quote so whose quote is this from This is Mickey, so the next day? Yeah. After it all went down, Mickey came in and just said, in my meeting with Tim, I apologize for my reaction. I regret it. I regret the distraction that it's caused to the team. It's not something I'm proud of. I'm not proud of the distraction. I'm not proud of what I did to Tim. For that, I'm definitely sorry. And then GM Brody Van Wagenen announced fines for Mickey and Jason Vargas, both undisclosed. Uh, He said the team smoked to MLB, and he doesn't expect any other discipline from them. I have some quotes from Mr. Mickey that day. All right. Uh, Mickey Cowley told a reporter to leave the clubhouse calling the reporter a motherfucker multiple times. Don't be a smart-ass motherfucker, Cowley said. Jason Vargas defending his manager says, I'll knock you the fuck out, bro. That is awesome. That is such like a... Like That's a, your number one starter right there. That needs to be a t-shirt. That needs to be a t-shirt. And talk about... That's like a, the douchiest, like, Chad Brad comment. I'll knock you the fuck out, bro. That's Jason Vargas. That's Jason Vargas. I got. I had so many of my friends text me because, you know, I've had experience interviewing players, and some of them were not great interviews because they were upset. But I never got to this point where a fucking guy wanted to punch me, and they were like, "I hate reporters that do this stuff." I said, "Look, he's like the one reporter that would do that. No one does this kind of stuff. No one wants to get in altercations with players. Everyone knows about it because now, for the rest of his life, when Tim Healy walks into the Mets clubhouse, mm-hmm. everyone's giving him those one-word, you know, by the book answers." I don't know how he's going to get work for the Mets. I don't know how he's going to get any kind of reaction from them anymore. That's what I mean. You screw yourself. I've heard stories about Tim Healy. He's a nice guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I've, I was listening to the radio and like, so Timmy's a nice guy. Does a good job. Don't know where this came from. Very weird. Damn. Okay. But if you were him, if you were like Mickey or, or Jason Vargas, I mean, would you react any different? No. I mean, I mean... Probably, yeah, but in the moment, like, you never know. So I have more reports about this whole situation. So Vargas charged the reporter multiple, uh, charged the reporter and multiple people, including Carlos Gomez and Noah Syndergaard, had to separate them. The reporter left the clubhouse shortly. So this is this was before they reported that it was Tim Healy. Um, Callaway asked Mets PR to remove the reporter from the clubhouse, saying the reporter will be here tomorrow. Uh, guess who might not be here tomorrow? In my opinion, this is from a different reporter, Altercation Chaos, uh, and did Callaway's managerial tenure with the Mets. Um, Statement from the Mets, blah, 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 nothing else. So, do you think there needs to be a change with the Mets? There definitely needs to be a change for the Mets. Yes. Where where does the change need to be? Everywhere. Where? Give me me the first place and there needs to be a change. I have mine. Not even pitching. No. Ownership. Oh, well, yes. That's yes, the number one yes, place. Yes, yes, yes. Because the Will Ponds mess. are a mess. They haven't had any success. They're, I mean, they, their worst thing they've done is, I mean, do you, you can even say this is not even the worst where it comes to like the Bernie Madoff shit when they lost yeah. $250 million, right? Yep. Let's invest with Bernie Madoff. This guy seems legit. He stole billions of dollars from people. So that's one thing, and add to onto the list. But this is like almost like the last straw. That yes, this kind of situation is unfolding with how bad the Mets bullpen is, and how much times they're losing leads. They're 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 losing the good teams. They're losing they're losing the bad teams. 
I mean, they're, they got they have a Philly series that's kind of big because the Phillies are scuffling too, mm-hmm. and they're they got their manager was questioned about is he going to stay? Gabe Kapler, the the Phillies ownership said, hey, he's staying here for the remainder of the season. This is just a pro. This is just a rough patch in the season. But they're the Phillies are almost under five hundred. They're not doing good either. Mm-hmm. So this is like if the Mets want to kind of make any sort of run, run they need to beat the Phillies and need to start winning games. Definitely, they need to start playing Jeff McNeil at second base. Yes, where he is a second baseman. That's right. He's gonna be. He's batting like he's he's gonna be an all star this year. And also, that's playing the outfield. Like they have guys like Dominic Smith, first baseman, playing left and right field. Yeah. Doesn't make much sense. Play your guys at their positions. Correct. Now, you, we all know you have Cano, who you got in the trade because you know how good he is. He's not playing good. He kind of sucks this year. No, he actually sucks this year. And I'm a huge Cano fan. One of my favorite players of all time. But you got to face that. You got to look. You got to look at him and be straight with them. Like, look, you just suck. Facts. You're not having a good year. You have a guy who's batting in the, in the high threes. I think it was like 325 or something like that when he was batting. I had to look it up. But there needs to be some sort of change. Seth Lugo pitched 50 pitches and blew the lead. Tavi Bias hit a bomb off of him. <laughs> you have you have Familia going on the DL for his shoulder. I wonder why, because you throw him every, three, every third day. That's true. Out of the pen. He's got a 70 array. Robert Gazelman, he shouldn't oh. pitch anymore. He should just retire because he sucks. You have to do something. There has to be a change. Hey, I think the biggest change. I don't know if they're gonna. Besides the Will Ponds, fucking bring up Anthony K. You got to bring up some people, some different names. That's right, Tim Tebow. That might be a stretch. Is K playing with Tebow now in Syracuse? He is. No way. Yes, he is. He's that, in Syracuse right now. That's amazing. Tebow is batting, I think, under his weight. Yeah. So. Last time I checked, it was like 212. No, I think he's been a lot under than that. I think he's been like the 160s or 180s. What? Yeah. I could be totally wrong. That could have been a couple months ago. But I know I know he was batting pretty, pretty bad. I mean, Tim Tebow made the minor league all-star game last year. He did hit like three home runs. <laughs> he did go crazy. He did go nuts. Do we have a... Uh, Nah, his it's not loading right now. All right. Uh Yeah. This season, Tim Tebow's batting. Oh boy. 192. 152. <laughs> oh my god, dude. That's so bad. What what what's what else what else? Give me more numbers. I I asked it out. I was once I saw that he doesn't deserve to get talked about honestly at this point. That's dude. wild. Dude. All right. How are you on a major league roster? Let's get off of that. Bro, it's so fucking bad. That's horrible. Triple A. We'll double up right now. Something that also horrible. Oh, this, this Taylor, hurts. your guy. This hurts this hurts me bad. Jordan Hicks, the Cardinals closer, mm. suffered a torn UCL in his right elbow. He's gonna go on undergo Tommy John surgery as a result. Not great. This, but honestly, is this a shocker considering he throws one oh five? So his pitches are I want to say fastball sinker two seam. Okay. No. I think there was a slider, sinker, fastball, whatever. All of them, none of them go under like 92 miles an hour. That's insane. So his arm's done. He is by far my favorite reliever in the, in the game. I love that he throws 105. When you get... Now, there's one thing when you get the whole crowd ooing and eyeing because you throw 105. 
it's another thing when you get your own team and the opposing team saying, "Oh, yes, yo, that's impressive." You know, you're not supposed to be impressed from your your opponent, but it's like, dude, that that's pretty impressive. So, 22 years old, he's he's had a track record this past this past couple of years as just big strikeout thrower, throws hard as shit. This upsetting though because. It was almost inevitable. I saw this coming. I just didn't know when. But it's happening when he was really young. I can't believe he's 22 years old. I thought he was a lot older than this. I he was yeah, like 24, right? 25. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, I follow him on the gram. He wears he wears some like some nice. He's probably one of the better better dressed oh, players. Really? Yeah. He wears some shit. A lot of Gucci. Oh, okay. I gotta check that out then. Yeah. He's, he he wears some shit. I know. Who are like one of the best better? We gotta do we gotta do a. Uh, some research on that. Like, a would you wear baseball edition? Like best athletes, best baseball players. Because we all NBA, NBA always goes all out. NBA does go all out. I know you get a lot more of the, like the walk-in pictures when they're arriving to the arena. They start doing that in the playoffs, though, for baseball. Yeah, they do a little. I think Mookie Betts saw him wearing some off-whites. I know Strowman goes all out. Oh, Stro, Stro, the yeah, boy Clint Frazier goes all out with the cleats. Oh, you know what, Taylor? We're going to be talking all drip for the NBA. We might have to do a little uh... all drip baseball edition. Yeah, once the All Star break comes around. Because All Star Game, they do the red carpet and they go, and some of those guys dress pretty well. But so we, but we can just we talk can do about it by position, even Ooh. make our teams AL and L. Oh shit! Right? All right, maybe well, we'll that, do that's that. a lot of research. That is a lot of research. That's the kind of research I like, though. Uh, that's a lot of research. That's good All research. right, let's move into one more baseball event that went on: Wilson Contreras versus Tyler Flowers and Julio Teheran. Bench is cleared. Yep, it was wild. It was pretty cool. You had uh, on Monday the Braves got into uh, into the Cubs pitcher Julio Teheran. And catch Tyler Flowers take the issues with another catcher, Wilson Contreras, who was going to be an all-star this year. He hit a bomb. Opposite oh, field home run. And the so uh, Braves catcher Tyler Flowers said the uh, the little like movement, I guess, like Wilson Contreras talked, turned around and chirped at him. Um, didn't like it too much. No, and apparently Contreras was complaining about the second called strike in that at bat yes. beforehand. Yeah. And Flowers obviously didn't like that, being the no. catcher. So... After, you know, after it went down and benches cleared, everyone's going at it, screaming at each other, you know, your usual baseball bench clearing, uh, I guess, brawl, as they would say. It's not even, it's not even a brawl, it's just benches cleared. Because there was no fight. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, all right. Good wording. Uh, the Flowers, Braves catcher came out and said, it was all very unnecessary in my opinion. The guy's a decent hitter. He doesn't need to complain about every call. He got plenty of calls for his guys, too. So sometimes you need to pick your battles, and that's hopefully something he'll learn as he gets a little bit older. And I'm telling you right now, this isn't going to be the last time these two teams chirp each other. Oh, definitely not. Because these are two playoff teams. Braves are taking away, taking that AL East by the NL East by storm. And the I think the Cubs are going to be winning the, the National League Central if the if the Brewers don't start heating up because they've been struggling. So I can see this being a thing you're going to see in October or towards the end of the year if they start playing each other again, which I can't wait for. I'm hyped about that. I'm hyped. All now right. you were you were you were a catcher. I was a catcher. Did you have any issues with guys like this before? Ooh, nah. Were they bitching moaning about a strike called? And you would have to chirp back at them. We played with each other a couple times, a couple seasons. You and me. I'm trying to think. Like, no, nah, not really. Like, baseball. I never really like really like got into like all like the shit talking, and that was more of like. That was more of my hockey side. Like, hockey, I got that all out. Baseball well, you're such was... a nice guy. I've never seen you, like, talk shit. Oh, in hockey. Really? You were dick? Rough. Were you dick? 
when I had to be. It was one of yeah. those things. Like I don't, you know, I'm a nice guy. I don't want to be a dick, but like if someone's being a dick to me, I'll di- I'll dick right back. I'm I'm a I'm you know me. But I'm a very nice guy. Oh yeah. One of the nicest ever. Am I being cocky about it? Yeah. But in <laughs> baseball, there was times where I was a little cocky. And I'm not even cocky, but I, like I did talk a little shit. Okay. There was one time where I got into a little umpire one time. Oh no way! I never got into an umpire. I've gotten I've gotten some some arguments with umpires. No, I've never gotten thrown out. Been very close to. Oh shit! So it was like a summer league game. You know, it was hot as shit. I I really didn't want to be there. It was it was game two of doubleheader. Umpire clearly did not want to be there. Oh. So it's three zero. This guy, this pitcher. I think we have like three or four runs off in the first inning. Oh gee, okay. He's, I think, he's really not having it. Throw three straight balls to me. Fourth ball comes in, throws a slider. I'm telling you, you see the dirt get kicked up. Hits the, it's no the, way. Right, it's the left-hander's batter box. Slider hits the left-hander's batter's box. Hits the white chalk. See the, you see it come up. The little like puff. Yep. Yeah. Huh. No way. So excuse me. He was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> he said to me, "Excuse me." So what was that? I, I started walking over, and he says, strike. And I said, hmm, what? What? He's like, that's a strike. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so I'm like, that fucking hit the dirt. And he's like, get in the batter's box, throwing you out. I'm like, okay. Next pitch, not even kidding, just a smidge over to like where it was, the, the previous pitch. I'm walking over, is that a strike? And he's like, what'd she say? <laughs> oh, damn, Taylor. I talk, okay. I'm just talking back. Didn't get thrown out. I said, oh, I said, oh that's a strike too, right? He's like, what? I just kept walking first base. First base was like that was the, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Yeah, I've had you know that's more that's just like one of like maybe a handful of times where I've gotten into umpires. Damn, okay. Strike calls or getting t- or tag outs, whatever. Like, yeah, I totally yeah. got them out, whatever. Um, but that's funny. The Wilson Contreras is very like exciting, you know, very exciting. Like very, the whole Cubs team, I feel like. Yeah, he's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of life to him. Yeah, he's a young kid. So I think Tyler Flair is stop being a little bitch. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe maybe punch him in the face and just kind of end it there. I want to see fights. You know me. I want. I want to see. Those, I want to see some brawls happening. All Speaking right. of guys who talk shit, that's right. Jalen Ramsey says he's done calling out every QB in the league like he did last season. Ramsey said he won't critique opposing QBs like he did last summer. "Quote: I'm growing, man. It's year four for me. It's a different me." Last offseason, he called the Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen trash before Allen had so much before he played in the NFL. Um, he said, I don't care what nobody says. He's trash. Ramsey said, "It's gonna, he, he, and it's going to show too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We play them this year, and I'm excited as hell. I hope, they're, I hope he's starting quarterback. 24-year Ramsey who had uh, had been one of the most dominant cornerbacks in the in the first three seasons, took a step back too. He he only registered sixty two tackles and three interceptions through his grade of seventy two and a half uh, from Pro Football Focus was just twenty eighth amongst uh, cornerbacks. But he said like I'm gonna I'm, this is a new me. But then he went on to say like but when it comes to time to shit talk, I'm going to do it. That's paraphrasing what he's on Twitter. Yeah, but so- you contradicting yourself. So just why don't you just be you, but just dial it back a little bit. Exactly. You could talk shit. You don't have to come out and say, oh, like, oh, I'm a new man. Every week. He did it every week. It was yeah. tiring. It's tiring. Like, Deion Sanders did it. But, like, Jalen Ramsey's doing it every week, and he's not backing it up. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to back it up and you're going to play, like, you know, a top two cornerback, yeah. not a top 30 cornerback. 
Remember when uh, the Jaguars played the Titans? Oh, yeah. And Derrick Henry ran for like almost 300 fucking <laughs> yeah, yards, dude. He ran dude. all over that defense. 200 plus yards. Ran all, and I think he stiff-armed Jalen Ramsey. Yep. I'm sure he talked shit before that, too. Oh, definitely. I think Taylor Wan, their like, offensive tackle, whatever, yep. which I would love to have him on the podcast. Oh, he he's funny. He's funny. Loves talking shit. Loves starting shit. Yeah. He went over to that bench, and I think he sat on the bench with them or something like that and got in oh, Jalen Ramsey's yes. face. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. it's awesome. I fucking love that stuff. I love controversy. <laughs> I love I love the banter in game. Like I don't like I don't like the drama outside. Yeah, of it. yeah, 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 yeah. During like, the game. That's like, when it's, I, like that the, one's real. Like the, yeah, I know. That's when you see all the passion. Yeah. And all the sure. realness. But Jalen Ramsey's one guy that like either you do or you don't. Don't say you're not gonna do it, but you still do it. It's just stupid. That's right. So let's talk about another guy who I think, in my opinion, said something stupid. OBJ came out and basically said he couldn't reach his full potential with the Giants. He did an interview with Jacob Davy of Complex. He revealed he didn't think remaining with the Giants was going to allow him to blossom into the player most people expected him to be. A quick quote from that. Beckham said, I can't wait to get going with the Browns, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just felt with the Giants, I was stuck at a place that wasn't working for me anymore. I felt like I wasn't going to be able to reach my full potential there. Mentally, physically, spiritually. Everything I felt capable of doing. I just couldn't see it happening there. So you're telling me that he, did he have this same mentality when he got his... His extension. That's what I'm saying. So this is, is this true colors coming out? I th- honestly, I think it is. So maybe he was bottling, he was storing all this, this inside for so long, for like the last three years. I also think it's a little BS. Or he's this, like gi- just, Giants this is just the, the one Giant, the media wants to hear. The Gi- yes. The Giants and the Giants fans fucking loved this guy. No one ever like talks shit about him. Everyone oh, yes, loved they him. did. I'm not, like real shit. They talk shit because of the net, the net fiasco, the crying, the the throwing Eli under the bus. But I any cr- fan base, they would have talked that. I did not. When you talk I, to I was Gi- fine with that's it. what I mean. You talk to Giants fans. Who is ever like? You go up to Giants fans. Who's your favorite player? Odell Beckham. It's like almost unanimously. Yeah. He's I. How I get it, he's basically saying like they weren't like. They didn't treat me well. They didn't treat me right. They did treat you right, man. That's what I mean. So, I mean, look, look the, you had an offense around you. You, I mean, they got a great tight end. They drafted a good tight end. They have, they got Sterling Shepard with you. You know, that's what I mean. Last year they 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 got the probably the best pick in the draft last year. Yes, Saquon Barkley. Correct. Who's the rookie of the year? So, no, I know the one thing that could be the best thing is that they need a new quarterback. You know, well, they decided to get a better offensive player than. They, rather than getting Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, they went to go get Saquon Barkley, the yeah. best running back in the, in. in uh, he's arguably the best running back in college football. Uh, not college football in the NFL right now. Definitely. So, obviously, Beckham's going to be in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He's going to be catching passes from last year's number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Your book, your guy, Taylor. My guy. Throwing Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku. That's straight offensive juggernaut. And I watched Building Browns. They did an OTA episode. Ooh. And you could just see. It's juicy. It's juicy. The swag is flowing. They're going to be good this year. Oh, my God. You can just tell. But I just like watching them, how they're just like carrying themselves. It's so, like. So it's, much It's swagger. scary to watch. So much they're swagger. Like their, yeah. Like their dicks are just hanging low. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. God. 
Imagine, man. They're going to be filthy. God damn it. Imagine that the Giants got Baker last year instead of Saquon. That went crazy. So, you know how... They still had crap offensive line, though. Yeah, that's a little shitty offensive line. So, Baker started week week one. No, no it wasn't. Week, it was week two or week of last year. It was versus the Jets, whatever that game was. Might have been week two, I, guess, I think. So, what happens if Tyra didn't get hurt? When would, when would we see Baker? Might not have seen him at all last year. I mean, we probably would have because considering it's the Browns, they would have gave him a shot and at Hugh some Jackson, point. But And Huey. Yeah. I think it was week two. Week three. Week three. Okay. So, I don't know. Look, Odell's going to have a great season this year with the Browns. We talked about how the Browns would probably be like a, third, a 12-win team maybe. You never know. But... It's a, it's just a shame that Odell had to say these these comments that he wa- didn't think he ha- had the the could reach his full potential. I think he's at his full potential. Where, where, why, else, where else can he go? That's true. How high can he go? Now I know, like you can reach your highest level, but you're like the top. You're like the be- like you're arguably the best receiver in the, in the game. You're one. You're it's it's one and one a. Him and. Him and Antonio Brown, and then you can put like DeAndre Hopkins at, at like and then you know like Michael Thomas, you know he's right in that top tier of of receivers. Yep. Maybe, it's full, maybe the full potential is you know just having working with a better quarterback. I guess that's what it is. Done with OBJ. Not really. He's gonna be awesome no, next season. I can't wait to watch him next year. I can't wait. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got Would You Wear It. We got a new segment alert coming through dripping, and a very new one called. Wow, and our segment we used last week, OJ Watch. So we'll take a quick break. Here comes Anchor, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Special segment time. Let's get to what do you wear? We got Supreme Week 13, Liam. 18, Taylor. 18. So first up, we got actually this is. I said thirteen, and it says nineteen on the screen. It's eighteen. Um, well, I was wrong twice. <laughs> I was wrong when I wrote it down on the screen. Um, <laughs> so this is actually a great week, very low key. First off, we had the Supreme Bialetti Mocha Express, aluminum alloy, six cup capacity. For making your coffee. Are you shitting me? I swear to God. Retail is going to be 58 This thing will be easily over $100 to resell. Really? Not even a question. Yep. Then we have summer teas. It's summer tea time. Oh, well, I'm down for some summer teas. Every season, Supreme will either, you know, during the, uh, they'll do spring teas and they'll do summer teas. But what's the difference? Because you can wear Nothing. This, they're just teas, the but they only release teas in one week. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I see. So... They have we have multiple teas for this week. A bunch of cool ones. Um, one that was like that Bella Lugosi vampire towel, like the Dracula towel, mm-hmm. but it's that on a T-shirt. A um, bunch of random designs, they and then really weird. they're doing a photo tee with Buju Banton, who's, who's uh, he's like a big reggae dude. Okay, like a big reggae artist. So they're doing a tee with him, just him in a Supreme shirt. Those always go insane. Those that's retailing for forty eight. That'll be easy one twenty one fifty. Ridiculous. So. A lot of good stuff. And then also an unseen Mophie charger. Mophie charger? So Mophie's like one of the biggest like portable chargers for iPhones. Like it's okay. the case that you put over the iPhone. Yeah. 
So they're releasing a collab with them that's going to be a Supreme what does that go phone for? charger. Retailing at 110 Jesus Christ. That's usual Mophies are like oh, really? 80, I wouldn't know. 75, 80, yeah, around there. I would so, not know. Interesting enough stuff. I'm probably going to go for a few things, but I think what's the highlight of the week, we have Nike X Stranger Things. Mm-mm-mm. Another Nike collab. That's right. So this is part one of the collab between Nike and Stranger Things. Part two is going to drop on July 1st. Same shoes that we're going to talk about, but different colorways for July 1st. This is dropping on the 27th, so in two days on Thursday, at 10 a.m. on Nike Sneakers. Real quick, let's run through some of these, Taylor. Oh, these are nice. You like these? Some of them. So we have the Air Tailwind 97, basically a, a running a running shoe, a trainer. Um, it's green. It's got the red swoosh. And then on the back, it has the Hawkins High uh, Hawkins High School logo, which is the high school you know, from Stranger Things, obviously. You like the colors, the green, red. I don't, yeah, I like the colors. They're pretty basic. Um, I also like the blazer. They have a blazer mid. You know, I love blazers. I love this high tops, Vans mm. kind of blazer looking thing. Uh, I like it this pair the most because the outside swoosh is red, and there's no inside swoosh. I see. Oh wow! Just like the it's like an outline. It's like, a, it's like an outline of it. Exactly. That swoosh is huge too. Big swoosh. Yeah, huge. blazers always have the big ones. So and, and then the Cortez. I'm not a big fan of the Cortez. Kind of got a chunky sole, which I really don't like, and it's too round of a toe box for me. If that makes sense, it, they look like girls' shoes. Yeah, definitely. Like I think I think more girls style. wear these shoes than guys for sure. Right, but same thing has the Hawkins high on the back. Pretty neat. How much are these shoes retailing to for? They're all retailing for one twenty. All of them. Are? All of them are. Yep. Resale shouldn't be anything crazy. I'm gonna say between retail and maybe one seventy five at most for the Blazers. I probably out of the three, I'd probably wear the Blazers. I think the Cortez I would not wear and Definitely the Tailwind. Not. The colors is like you know, I'm not really you know on me, I'm not really into like I don't know, like I like the multiple colors. Like the green I don't like a like a dark a green. Dark green, yeah. I, really yeah, like I get that. that. All right, next up. Our last would you wear it of the week. We have the Jordan 1 black white sale Jim Red. I believe people are just calling it the Jordan 1 Jim Red. Ooh. Wow. So it's a regular, you know, Jordan 1 silhouette. Yeah. You have the red swoosh with some red accents on it and then uh the white toe box, the black inlay and then the sale base. What do you think, Taylor? They're retailing for 160. They should resell I'm going to say probably somewhere around 300. The black looks like it's it's like really really dark black. It's really dark. I also I got to see some out like other you got to see in hand pictures honestly. That's uh, when you'll really know. Do you like them? I like them. But if we're if you're telling me like uh drip flip or skip. So like drip I'm wearing, flip I'm flipping, skip I'm not even So it's a merry fuck kill. Exactly. I'd flip these. They're nice to wear. Like, I would wear them, but I'd rather make money off of them, if that makes sense. I see. Speaking of, since we're almost done with shoes, uh, they dropped off some off-white Nike track shoes. Kind of low-key last week. Hmm. They dropped them in women's sizing. They dropped three of them. I don't know how. Lucky enough, I was able to get two of them. Oh, They released I a did. white, I, I've a seen, green, and a black it, and pink. Like a, is the green like a neon green? Yes, neon green. Has a black swoosh on the outside and then a metallic one on the inside. So they're track shoes. I was wondering, what the hell's with the spikes on the bottom? Track shoes. Okay. Exactly. So I, I saw them. I'm like, these are pretty cool, but I don't get the whole spike thing. What I heard from people who I know that are going to be wearing them, they're going to sand off the track, so it's just a flat 
sole. Hmm. Like the track spikes are just rubber. Oh. So you just sand them off, and then you just make a flat sole, and then it's a regular shoe. Interesting. But also, I saw people that are just going to wear it as a track shoe, and they just let the you know little track spikes, spikes off. wear off naturally. But doesn't that decrease the value if they're going to take off the spikes, I guess? So I guess they're not going to resell them, Exactly. Right? If you're not reselling them, they're wearing them just however they, what they, they resell? look Resell, uh, I believe retail, they were, well, 180 mm-hmm. And then resell, they're right around 300 right now. Oh, so you're going to make more. You're, oh, you're gonna make I'll make like 200 bucks on both pairs, yeah. Nice. So, decent, right? Not Some terrible. fun money. Not really. I'm just going to probably invest it. All right, let's and move t- on. And Taylor Shoes. New, uh, you know what? I'm on the cryptocurrencies now, Taylor. I'm gonna get into that too. We should we should do. I put like twenty bucks in just to like mess around, and like I think I'm up like five bucks in the last like month. So, you know what? I'm gonna get into cryptocurrency, and let's do like a cryptocurrency like segment, an update. Yeah, and just because like the cryptocurrency shit is like, Actually, let's, so... we'll check on mine right now. As we're speaking about it, uh, you're on Robinhood. I use Robinhood. Yeah. How is that? Great. It's free trading. Um, and then when my friend sent me a code, so you sign up and you get a free stock. So I got a free stock. You have to wait three days until you can sell it. I sold it. I made five bucks. (laughs) But uh, right now, I own just about 4,200 Dogecoins. Of 4,200 Dogecoins, what does that entail? What does that transfer to U.S. dollars? 13.51. 13 bucks. Each Dogecoin is worth 300th of a dollar. 0.003. What the hell? Really? Yep. Wow. So you made thirteen bucks so far. What do you mean? How much money have you made from that? From that? Yeah. Let me see. I legit just got. Uh, I want fifty cents. Oh, there you go. So, oh, so you invested twenty bucks. Okay, that's right. You said twenty bucks. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And then I bought one Ethereum Classic coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought it for a sixty-two. It's up to nine twenty-two. Okay, so you didn't really make much from that yet. Um, uh, I mean, it's, that's a 7% return, and then my Dogecoin is a 4% return. I'm going to start off with like $5 or $10. Well, see, that's the thing. If you want to make money, you got to put money in. you got to spend money to make money. I understand. I've had a friend that, that did it, and he put like 5 or $10 to start. Yep. And you put it fluctuating like 10 20 bucks, whatever. Just throwing a little bit every I think now he's and made then. over like the last two months. I think he's made maybe a grand. Sick. So you got to do honestly. I need the extra cash <laughs> anywhere I can. Yeah, bro, start putting it in little by little. That's why I threw just threw twenty bucks, and I don't really want to like go too hard. Right, don't just go, try don't to test it out. See, and I, like as I, once as I started doing that, I, I'm like I'd say at least every night I'm reading at least an hour just on cryptos and like the ones I'm investing in and stuff. Okay, just, just kind of stay relevant. All right, let's move in. Coming through dripping. Came through dripping. Came through dripping. Drip, drip. Drip, drip, drip. I, I might put that in the little uh, Cardi B offset from uh, drip, drip. some drip. All right. Anyway, League Fits. They have two hundred six thousand followers. Give on us Instagram. a context of this of this new segment. Came through dripping. Obviously, it's a verse from a song, but nowadays when you hear drip, you think swag. Okay. I feel like drip is the new swag for all the people that don't know what drip is. Um, basically, what we're gonna do here is we're gonna talk sports and people, you know, getting off fits, wearing expensive shoes, expensive clothing, all that kind of stuff. So, no better way to start off our came through dripping segment. With talking the 2019 All Drip NBA first team, second team, and third team announced by Slam Online. Real quick, we'll go through it. We'll highlight some of the guys in the first team, and then we'll run through the second and third team. First team, you had PJ Tucker. 
the number one guy. The hands-down NBA sneaker king. Not even a question. Anybody says wrong, I'm coming at you. He's like the Michael Jordan of... Of the sneaker game. Of the sneaker game. Facts. This is his second all-drip first team in a row. They started it last year. He's two for two. Uh, his shoe brands are Nike and Jordan and Designer, and then his general style is high-end streetwear with a little high fashion. I think he said he spends... I think he spent like $30,000 on a KD collection. He the bag he has, he brings every road trip 10 different pairs. What? Or 12, 10 or 12. It's a it's a 5 or a 6. Just double. for like di- just just different like just to have. Yeah. What? Every single game. Like I follow I, I'm a huge I, I have I think I have his uh, Instagram's push notification. Every single game he'll post a picture on his Instagram with like four or five pairs that he picked out and and basically like says like oh which one should I wear and then people in the comments are just basically like voting on which ones and then he'll you know he'll wear it wow it's insane absolutely insane next up we got Kelly Oubre very good this is his first time getting first team all drip he's the wave god his shoe brands he rocks a lot of Vans and Converse and then his general style is streetwear with a touch of designer so he'll throw in some Gucci every now and then a little Prada a little bit of Givenchy. But he rocks a lot of Vans, Converse, a little CDG in there, too. Great pick. Great pick. Chris Paul, easy choice. He's been doing this for years. But this is his first time, first team. Shoe brands, he obviously rocks Jordan. He's a Jordan guy. He throws in a little Converse there. Converse is owned by Nike, who also owns Jordan. So legally in his Gotta contract, he's allowed to do that. Gotta rep it. General style, he's just a creative designer. He wears a lot of designer clothes, but he he locks, he locks he's very creative with what he wears. Right. He'll wear a lot. He wears a lot of tied up flannels, which is huge now. The day you throw those with jeans and then some Converse, those look sick. It's very creative with his style. A lot of different stuff. And then this is my favorite, really favorite old young blood, young blood here. One hundred percent. He's moving in top my top five NBA players just based off what he wears on Sheer, off court. She, yeah. Shea, Shea, Gilgis Alexander. I'm gonna get one of his jerseys. It's so cool because. The lettering is like uh, Jared Saltalamacchia. It's like a giant yeah. U, uh, upside down U. It's sick. So he's had drip since day one in the league. He's the first rookie in history to go first team all drip. Shoe brands are Nike Jordan <laughs> Off-White, and his general style is comfy streetwear. That's exactly what I associate with, comfy streetwear. Gotta stay comfy. That's why I love him. So Shea Gilders Alexander, he'll be on the list for many, many, many more years to come. And then to wrap up the first team, what Russ Westbrook. I think this is the guy who really put I, I I'm serious put NBA street NBA clothing and the how that's like a brand itself on the map I agree he runs the game day fit check I think he does he was the OG with it this is his first time being first team all drip shoe brands Jordan and designer obviously he's Jordan's guy and then his general style streetwear meets high-end fashion he was there he was out there in fashion week that's oh yeah oh yeah he's that's big in the fashion week bro you know what? The I'm looking at the the all drips here for all drip second team, all drip third team. Let's run. Let's run through them quick. Where the fuck is Dwayne Wade? That's a good question, Taylor. That man's he, he's a snub. He's a snub. But real quick, second team we have Terry Rozier, mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, Kyle Kuzma, and Mike Scott. No, I know Kevin Love's a Banana Republic uh, guy. Yes, he is. Yes, Banana Republic rep. He'll also break out. Um, the uh, oh, I completely forgot the name of it. I'm forgetting too. I know what you're talking about overalls. Yes, he'll bring out the overalls too, which yeah. people love. Uh, and Mike Scott, he's sick. Really? He he yeah. He has six shoes. He has good style, and he also wears hockey jerseys to almost every single game. It's sick. I'm gonna say 
for a snub for the first team drip team, Kyle Kuzma. 100% because he has GOAT. He gets any shoe he, he wants. He gets any shoe he wants. The fact that he is – was he, is he like the only only guy on GOAT right now? He was the first guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the only guy right now. But you know why he wasn't on first team? Why is that? He likes to go cozy fam a little and rock the uh, the uh, Nike dry fit like suit. Does that every once in a while. You so you like can't it. be first team if you're rocking the Nike dry fit suit. You got to be stunned every single game. Every single night. Yeah. 80, 82 days a year, bro. You got to dress up. So what is all... Third team, Dwayne Bacon, Ben Simmons, Dennis Schroeder, Jordan Clarkson, and Serge Ibaka. I like Ben Simmons and Jordan Clarkson. I don't know the other guys. I know who they are, but I don't. I never see their trip-wise. Just good, solid. And what about your snubs? I would say Dwayne Wade is definitely... Dwayne Wade, definitely. I think Jordan Clarkson could have been higher. He definitely should have been second team, in my opinion. Maybe he's even slipped into first team. Really? Um, I think Kuzma could have slipped into first because of like the fact that he has he this, has goat, this goat yeah. under his belt, which is... I mean, honestly, it's only, amount of, it's only amount of time until StockX sponsors players. shoe guy. Right. Yeah, player. So, all right, let's move into another new segment. Wow. Wow. Well, I created this just because I was just watching this. It came up on TV, and the first words out of my mouth was just, wow. <laughs> so, pitch count nowadays is pretty important in baseball and definitely important in the younger baseball uh Families, when it comes to little league, high school, college, summer ball, you got to watch your pitch count. That's right. Well, John Kerr in the 1962 regional game for Michigan. Well, this guy in the doubleheader, he pitched both games, two complete games, 19 innings, with a combined 313 pitches in one day. Ridiculous. And oh, by the way, in game two, he hit the game winning sack fly That's for Michigan. Awesome. Talk about a savage. Wow. 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 Wow is right. Wow. And Michigan won game one of the College World Series championship against Vanderbilt. That's right. And as of right now, we are watching in the top of the sixth. Vanderbilt is up three zip with runners on first and second. And with two outs. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is that. This is actually the hitter that uh, got drafted. Uh, Fourth overall. Oh, that's pretty cool. He, lead, I think he has 27 home runs. Damn. JJ something. God damn it, I know his name. He is freaking amazing at a home run yesterday. Um, JJ Bleday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is his name. Marlins. Nice. Yeah, he hits bombs. So that that was wow. That was wow. And to round out the pod, we're going to finish a little OJ watch. That's right. OJ. Oh, OJ. OJ fantasy football take. He, yeah, I did. I actually, I said, I said I didn't see this before, and I did. You did see this? Yes. Right. Said, I was hoping so. Patrick Mahomes was clearly number one. Um, well, I don't know what the whole the whole concept of this. Oh, was. so he he tweeted out. He said, taking an early look at fantasy football. Patrick Mahomes was my clear number one, but with at Cheetah Tyreek Hill yeah. status still up in the air, I'm debating Baker Mayfield or Todd Gurley. What do you think? Am I missing someone? So, what's our analysis on his analysis? I don't. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a clear number one. Yeah. And shouldn't yeah, absolutely. Him or him or Saquon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Saquon, I mean, Olivier Bell, like the guys are PPR. Maybe guys. Saquon on uh, yeah. PPR gods. That's Definitely. what I call them. PPR gods. No way they get the catch and run. But Patrick Mahomes is a clear number one. Yeah. Uh I don't know if you're talking about number one quarterbacks. I think just number one in general. 
If you talk about number one quarterbacks, Mahomes is definitely number one. Uh, Baker is not going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy. Maybe, maybe hit top ten. Yeah, I would think but, so. Um, oh, also, we have a lot of listeners who have been requesting fantasy football. Really, I have. Yes, we have. Shout out Severio. He's one of them. Um, but we'll be getting into the fantasy football close, a little closer into uh, probably like August, right? Yeah, maybe once, let's, maybe what, like the end of training camp. Yeah, once preseason, preseason starts get going, yeah, then, we'll, then we'll get into our fantasy football for you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, OJ's on his shit again. He, he says he's going to get into fantasy sports and politics, whatever that means. I won't follow him because I'm not following a murderer. But I'm not following I do check him. his page. <laughs> I do check his page because I get, I get his page on my feed all the time. I will never follow a murderer. Not going to do it. That's right. We are an anti-murder podcast. I'm, all right. I'm going to check how many followers he has because last time I checked, he had 600,000. Oh, I think I just saw some breaking news. Stanton has a knee contusion. Oh, wonderful. Hang to MRI after leaving game early. Great. God damn it. What the Doesn't end, Taylor. Doesn't end. Doesn't end. All right. So last time we had him, we talked about this last pod. He had about, mm, let's see, 600,000. Oh, we're at 800,000 now. 800,000. He's hitting the mill. He's hitting. So last video was. Oh. Oh, he just posted a new video an hour ago. Rest in peace, Michael. I don't know. Oh, God. Who's Michael? Uh, Should we play this? I'll I'll play this right now. Yeah, let's run it. I'll play this right now. Hold on. I'm going to just make sure the volume's off to start. I don't know what in the world this is. All right, so this is 12,000 likes so far. It was posted an hour ago, almost 300,000 likes, 300,000 views. Okay. Hey, Twitter world. You know, I woke up this morning, they were talking about Michael Jackson's 10th anniversary of his death. Got me thinking about Michael. I met Michael, seemed like 100 years ago. His family moved down the hill from me and then single. And I'd see him around. I actually got to be good friends with uh, uh, Jermaine. Years later, I was playing tennis in my backyard with a neighbor when he got word that his nephew was sent home from summer camp because they found out he had cancer, and I guess it had something to do with insurance, and they couldn't have him at the camp. He got a little upset and said, Jesus, we got to do something about that. So he came up with the idea. He called some of his friends. He was a celebrity. He called some of his friends. I called Michael. He was real hot there to see if he would help. And we got together to help in the beginning of Camp Good Times. Camp for kids with cancer. Now I know there are probably many similar camps like that around the country now, and they probably would appreciate your donation. Anyway, years later, my house was under siege by the media, and I had somehow got out. And I was staying at Don Omar's house, and I was getting my kids on the weekends. And they would come up. Don had a great house, the late Don Omar, I should say. They had a great house, but um, it was restrictive. Michael found out. He called me and said, OJ, you got to take the kids up to Neverland Ranch. They love it. Nope. Nope. Did. Nope. And it was wondrous. <laughs> the kids would come up. They would bring some of their friends. It was so great that I started bringing my adult friends up there. Michael was never there, but he always had gifts for the kids. My point is, I could never debate anybody about Michael Jackson. I didn't know enough about his private life to do that. What I do know is my experience with him is that he was a kind and generous soul. Rest in peace, Michael. Take care. Okay, so let, let, let's just break that shit down. So, Michael Jackson, long friend of his. Um, it, you heard some, like, like scru- like scruffling in the background of that video. He's on the golf course in his golf cart golfing. Honestly, this Twitter for him is just like a vlog. 
No, I want I want you to understand. He's talking about this this foundation, whatever. This video was so planned. Oh, not even a question, dude. He pulls out a picture in a, in a picture frame that was definitely hanging up in his apartment, wherever he lives, <laughs> or his home, wherever he lives. Pulls it out, and it's like him, Michael Jackson, and a bunch of other people like starting this foundation. And then he starts talking about bringing the kids to the Neverland r- Ranch. Let's just not talk about that because he just he, he's oh, you know, look OJ's gonna get. He's gonna start pulling out some shit, some stuff that's probably not never been talked about about this ranch shit. I don't yeah. know, but that was weird. Um, I love how he says "Hello, Twitter world." Hello, Twitter world. That's why. That's why. Like he opens up his video. Yeah, that's his intro. For every Hello, video. Twitter world. What a weirdo! All right, on that. God, I I do love the content though because <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's so odd. Yeah. On that note, good podcast. Tons of basketball. Any last words? No, sir. Great pod. Great pod. We will catch everyone on Friday. We out. Peace. Hey, I was doing just fine before I met you. I drank too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Hey, you tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them again. I know it breaks your heart Moved to the city in a broke town car in Four years, no calls Now you're looking pretty in a hotel bar And I, I can't stop No, I, I can't stop So baby, pull me closer In the backseat of your road That I know you can't afford Bite that tattoo on your shoulder Pull the sheets right off the corner That you stole from your roommate back in Boulder, we ate.